Hello and welcome to this latest installment of Barnard's on the NBA. I am your host, Matt Barnard, and I'm joined here by my son and co-host, Emilio. Yes. That is Emilio, and we're uh, joining you here today to uh, continue our uh, series where we uh, put together franchise all-time teams. We began uh, this series talking about the uh, Kings slash Royals, and on this episode, we'll be turning our focus to the Spurs slash Chaparral. Indeed. And the Spurs Chest Chaparrals um have uh have um won five titles and um have um forty-seven playoff appearances in fifty-four seasons, which is kind of impressive only missing the playoffs seven years. And um last year was one of them. Yeah, very, very impressive. Of course, uh, an incredible run of success under uh, coach Greg Popovich in recent years, all five of their uh titles as a as a franchise coming during that time. Uh, but over the years, 54 of them, as you mentioned, spanning between the uh, ABA and NBA, a yeah, long and storied history for uh, for this franchise. We're going to dig into it and uh, put together starting lineups from this squad, as well as a bench. Uh, we'll pick guys uh, 6 to 12 to uh, fill out a uh, franchise all-time team bench as well. We're going to go through this in the uh, format we typically do, starting at center, followed by power forward, small forward, shooting guard, and point guard. And uh, let's jump right into it. Mills, who do you have at center on this uh, Spurs all-time team? David Robinson. I mean, you can't really have anybody else. I mean, Hall of Famer, 10-time All-Star, scoring champ, rebound champ, block champ, to NBA champ, All-NBA, 10 times, 8-time All-Defensive, by the way, 2-time NBA champ, 8-time All-Defensive, All-Rookie Team, 94-95 MVP, 91-92 DFOI. Yeah, defensive player of the year. Um, and rookie of the year as well in um, 89-90. Yeah, I mean, a guy we uh, discussed at, at some length on our uh, 1987 uh, draft episode where we uh, redrafted that uh, historic draft and uh, David Robinson uh, number one on both of our boards. Uh, this, yeah, I mean, this legendary uh, legendary career for, uh, for the man known as uh, the Admiral, of course, a uh, guy who attended – Navy, and uh, despite that not being a, a hotbed of uh, college basketball talent, guy who uh, was National Player of the Year from that spot, and despite uh, not being able to uh, start his NBA career until age 24, was drafted two years prior to that, number one overall by these Spurs, and of course played his entire career with the uh, franchise and really did it all. As you mentioned, uh, led the league in uh, in scoring points per game and uh, in block shots, blocks per game, and in uh, rebounds and rebounds per game at different points during his career. And uh, really, I mean, an incredible uh, 987 regular season games and, uh, and postseason run for uh, David Robinson, guy who incredibly uh, averaged over three shot blocks per game in his first eight seasons of play. Getting and, up to 4.5. Yeah, when he led the league and actually averaged three blocks per game across his entire career, over 21 points per game across his entire career. And um, yeah, I mean, just uh, some incredible individual performances from, uh, from David Robinson in his, uh, in his career. Yeah, I mean, in a game, I mean, scoring 34 points, 10 rebounds, 10 assists, 10 blocks against the Detroit Pistons on February 17, 1994. I mean, that's just insane. He's also one of six players to record 70 or more points in a single game. Yeah, I mean, he scored 71, I believe, to close out that uh, scoring title back in uh, 93, 94. Uh, yeah, I mean, a guy who was capable of doing so many different things in, in the in the game and uh, – you know, had a little bit of a uh, wiltish quality to him where, uh, you know, could decide to focus in a particular area and just lead the league in it. Yeah. Uh, pretty pretty incredible stuff. I, don't, I mean, yeah, I mean, it's going to be harder. Yeah, yeah, I mean, absolutely. I mean, came, came along a lot later than Wilt in a much more competitive league, for sure. I mean, went up against some uh, fantastic centers in his day. As you mentioned, uh, two titles. And, uh, you know, his legacy uh, lived on for long after his career ended, too. I mean, was able to uh, help Tim Duncan get integrated into uh, – into the Spurs and uh, keep, you know, this incredible Popovich run uh, going for as long as it did. Yeah, I mean, and it's still going. Yeah, I mean, Popovich still obviously, uh, you know, coaching the Spurs as of right now. I mean, you know, not obviously, you know, top of the West, you know, championship contender as, you know, they have been for so much of this time. But, uh, yeah, I mean. Still, I mean, play it next. Yeah, absolutely. And the plan mix even for uh, for this year. And, I mean, look at uh, some of the, the spots that uh, – Tim Dunk, or excuse me, that David Robinson holds on the all-time leaderboards. I mean, first in defensive uh, box plus minus, second in win shares per 48 minutes, fourth in blocks per game, uh, fourth in defensive rating, fifth in PER, seventh in raw blocks. I mean, it, just some incredible placements. I mean, I'm just giving you some of the top 
uh, top placements there. But I mean, you know, a, a guy who, who factored into uh, the all-time leaderboards in uh, so many different ways. Yeah, I mean, he, an amazing player and uh, maybe even the best player in this Spurs franchise. I mean, maybe. Yeah, I mean, played his entire career there, so you got uh, you, you had that going on. But of course, uh, the guy who uh, we had at power forward uh, also played his entire career with the Spurs, also a strong contender for best player in team history. Uh, of course, we both had at power forward, Tim Duncan. Yes, and I mean, this guy is a Hall of Famer, 15-time All-Star, 5-time NBA champion, 15-time All-NBA, 15-time All-Defense, 98 All-Rookie Team, 99-2000 All-Star Game MVP, 3-time Finals MVP, 2-time MVP, and Rookie MVP. Yeah, I mean, you could really say this guy uh, did it all. Yeah, you uh, probably say that. An, an amazing career and uh, amazing as well for it, for its length. I mean, I remember uh, a lot of talk about Tim Duncan uh, coming out of college, having played all four years at Wake Forest. Of course, taken also, just like David Robinson, uh, 10 years later, uh, pretty much right on the nose uh, at the uh, 1997 NBA draft. And, uh, you know, number one pick there out of Wake Forest, as I mentioned, um, the big fundamental an amazing career for this guy. I mean, 1,392 regular season games. So, I mean, just a really, really extensive career. Came into the league at 21, finished at age 39. And, uh, boy, did he do a lot of winning in the interim. Yeah, I mean, no doubt. And, I mean, he, um, he I mean, in his first season, I mean, just getting up to, like, 21.1 points per game, I mean, pretty good. And, I mean, averaging a double-double. That's probably why I won Rookie of the Year. I mean, not every play- – Player um uh gets a um averages a double double and um it's first season and if you do you're gonna win or he's yeah he's uh he, he's a real rarity I mean you know the double double but also I mean averaging uh, you know two and a half blocks a game in that first year and that's what he was all about I mean you know a guy who uh, was fully formed when he came to the league I think that was one of the things that uh you know really benefited him I mean being in, in school for as long as he was really had a chance to refine his game at Wake Forest. And, uh, you know, oftentimes, I mean, even guys who are taken at the top of the draft, you know, you don't expect them to come into the league and contribute to winning right away. But, I mean, that certainly didn't apply to Tim Duncan. I mean, this guy came in and was, uh, you know, ready to go immediately, as you mentioned. I mean, just a phenomenal player right from the jump. And, of course, you know, he went on to continue to build his skills and, uh, you know, be part of all five of this franchise's championship teams. Yeah. Uh, Just to get to some of his accolades, as you mentioned, I mean, two-time MVP, in, uh, in back-to-back years in 2001, 2002, and 2002, 2003 at age uh, 25 and 26. So right there in his prime with the Spurs at their best. Uh, of course, winning the finals MVP in one of those years. So, I mean, had, had a year where he won you know, MVP and finals MVP in the same year. Yeah. That's, uh, that's pretty sick. And uh, his, his career placements, I mean, as I mentioned, he played, he played forever. Uh, you know, second in defensive win shares all time, uh, seventh in rebounds all time, uh, third in defensive rating all time. Sixth in VORP, seventh in win shares all time, eleventh in games, fourteenth uh, in PER. So I mean, eighteenth in points. I mean, despite you know just nineteen per game uh, for his career. Obviously, nineteen per game is great, but uh, I mean to be that high on the uh, raw points list. I mean, it's a you know reflection of how how many games this guy played in his career. And I mean, you mentioned his uh, All NBA placements, ten time first team All NBA. Pretty good. Yeah, in addition to uh, three times on the second team and two times on the third team. I mean, 15 times All-NBA, 15 times All-Defense, 15 times as an All-Star. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> what a career for Tim Duncan. Yeah, I mean, and, um, yeah, this guy was uh, this guy was really good. And, I mean, back-to-back MVPs. Yeah, phenomenal. I mean, we've obviously seen some other players do that over the years, but uh, it certainly is, is the mark of an all-time great, and uh, Tim Duncan was that. Yeah, so let's move on to um, small court. Yeah, we got uh, we got plenty to get to in this episode. Uh, let's let's get, move on to our small forward. Mills, who'd you have at small forward? I had Demar Derozan, uh, George Gervin, Hall of Famer, twelve time All Star, four time scoring champ, seven times All NBA, ninety eight, all ABA All Time Team, two time All ABA, seventy two, seventy three All Rookie Team. And all-star game MVP. And the all-time team is like the ABA, like, named their all-time team, and he was on it. Yes, yes, indeed. Uh, one of the great players who uh, played in both the ABA 
and NBA, actually a fairly extensive ABA career with uh, both the Squires and uh, and the Spurs before they made the move to the NBA. And uh, as you mentioned, uh, you know, two times on the uh, all ABA team, but uh, also a really substantial NBA career, obviously, yeah, after I, making the move. That's in the NBA, I would say. Absolutely. I mean, you know, talk about George Gervin. I mean, he's before my time, too, so I mostly know him from his uh, wonderful style on the court and uh, on and off the court. I mean, very, very cool uh, customer in, in general and, that you know, beautiful finger roll of his. I mean, you got to like uh, watching some George Gervin. But, I mean, look at his uh, at, at his stats. I mean, this guy averaged, uh, you know, up over 32 points per game in a couple of seasons. I mean, four scoring titles. This is NBA. Yeah. I mean, that's pretty good. And, um yeah, I mean, Iceman is his nickname, and uh, I think it's because he didn't sweat at all. Yeah, I mean, that, that's that's that is the story of George Gervin, like a guy who didn't sweat. But also, I mean, what a what a cool uh, series of nicknames. I mean, Ice Iceman. I mean, uh, you know, ice water in your veins is certainly a, a good characteristic to have as a uh, basketball player, and uh, this guy had that going on. Yeah, I mean. Very good, great player, and um, was great from the start, from his career. Yeah, actually, interestingly, played uh, at the beginning of his career for uh, for the Pontiac Chaparrals of the uh, CBA. So uh, yeah. in- interesting, uh, little little Chaparrals uh, uh, history in uh, George Gervin's past, despite not playing for the uh, Dallas version. Actually, uh, a Detroit guy, uh, born and uh, went to high school in, in Detroit before attending Eastern Michigan, and was actually taken in the uh, NBA draft in 1974 with the 40th overall pick. So a uh, fantastic selection there uh, before uh, making his way uh, in, into the league. Yeah, and he's selected by the Suns. So um, you want to move on to shooting guard? I mean, I know you had him here too. Yeah, absolutely. Just wanted to uh, mention, uh, yeah, I mean, also a, uh, you know, all all uh, NBA first team on five occasions and uh, all NBA second team on a couple of occasions as well. So a uh, career full of accolades for uh, George Gervin and uh, extremely uh, cool. Yeah, and uh, we went to shooting guard, where um, there's another guy who's uh, really good because the Spurs had a lot of good players in Manu Ginobili. Yes, indeed. We're talking about uh, Manu. Uh, tell us a little bit about Manu. Yeah, two-time All-Star, four-time NBA champ, two-time All-NBA, six-man, and all-rookie team. I'm surprised they didn't win more six-man than that. Just one. Yeah, just one uh, one six man. I think you know there sometimes is uh, some uh, fatigue with uh, uh, voting for these kind of awards. I mean, I know there have been a few guys who have won six man on a number of different occasions. I think Manu certainly could have been in the mix on other on other times. There were some years where he actually started too many games to uh, win six man. So I think that was part of uh, what was going on there. But uh, a guy who was a major part of, uh, of of championship teams. I mean, this guy uh, you know won four titles with the, with the Spurs. Yeah, I mean, this has got to be like. One of the one of the players who's played the most off the bench. Uh, definitely, definitely P- played a ton off the bench and uh, and and did and played just an incredibly valuable role for the squad. I mean, uh, talk a little bit about uh, about you know what what you've seen in, uh, in in watching Manu through the years. Yeah, I mean, he is um, Argentina's line man. That's uh, it's one of his nicknames uh, according to Basketball Reference. Actually, I haven't heard that one before, but uh, it makes sense. Uh, shout out Basketball Reference. We appreciate. Uh, Again, that info from them. But, uh, yeah, I mean, so Manu Ginobili, just an incredibly crafty and uh, intelligent and, uh, you know, uh, useful player. I mean, just, you know, managed to, to play the roles that these uh, Spurs squads needed of him. I know, uh, you know, he's a guy who, uh, you know, would have been, uh, you know, certainly good enough to start in a lot of spots around the league. I mean, over the course of his career, obviously started a whole bunch of games with the uh, Spurs as well. Uh, 349 of them against, uh, you know, 1,057 games in his uh, regular season career. But a guy who was, you know, willing to play the role on uh, this, you know, championship caliber Spurs team that it, it required of him. And uh, really a, a harmonious uh, situation there. Yeah, I mean, he's a two-time All-Star. And, um, I mean, it's good, definitely good to have an um, All-Star caliber player coming off the bench. No question. I mean, it really uh, – Really, really impressive international career as well, uh, you know, after being drafted, uh, you know, just incredibly late. I mean, it's uh, kind of hard to believe taking it with the 57th overall pick. I mean, just a couple of picks away from the end of the draft in uh, 1999, of course, uh, didn't come over right away to the NBA, played uh, three years in Italy before uh, making the move to the league. And I uh, finally did so at age 25. And to think, 
you know, he was going to get over a thousand regular season games in, in the league, having begun at 25. Yeah, pretty unlikely, I would say. I mean, he played to 40. Played to 40 and like, you know, had exactly the kind of craft and, and skill that would allow him to play even as his physical gifts diminished over the years. Uh, his playing time diminished, of course, uh, as, as time went on. But, you know, one team. So, I mean, each of the guys we've talked about so far, uh, a uh, well, uh, excuse me, uh, both Tim Duncan and uh, and David Robinson, one team guys. And so was uh, Manu Ginobili in the NBA. Of course, George Griffin was not a one team guy, played in the ABA as well for other squads. But um, mainly with the Spurs. Mainly with the Spurs. And, and Manu, I mean, yeah, despite coming over late and, uh, you know, not being in a starting role for a whole bunch of this time. Uh, really playing for just one coach and uh, one franchise for his entire career and having a ton of success in doing so. Also, got to mention when you're talking about Manu, um, his uh, role on the uh, Argentinian uh, national team actually was part of uh, one of the few teams in uh, in, in recent memory that uh, that won a uh, gold medal at the uh, at, at the Olympics in the uh, 2004 Olympics in Athens. Um, yeah, I mean, Argentina with, with a gold medal largely on the back of, uh, of Manu Ginobili and uh, part of uh, what's known as the, the greatest generation of uh, Argentinian basketball players. Yeah, so only um, only one player, only one team can hold the goals. Yeah, only one. So they have a tournament, and when one team ultimately comes out uh, on top, and uh, the Argentinian team did that year, and uh, did, you know the U.S. team did not win. Yeah, surprising. Yeah, but I mean, that's uh, all, all part of the Manu story. Now, the guys we've talked about so far uh, in, in this episode, uh, all, all Hall of Famers, in, uh, uh, David Robinson, Tim Duncan, and uh, George Gerben. Do you think Manu is uh, going to be a Hall of Famer? Yes, I do. And, um, I, I mean, I wonder what his Hall of Fame percentage is on basketball rounds. Yeah. I mean, 20%, so not bad. And uh, I think he could definitely be a Hall of Famer, and I think he will be. Yeah, I think so, too. I mean, he's, he's definitely, like, uh, I think uh, – prototypical example of someone who the hall of fame probability wouldn't totally capture his case just like a key you know glue guy i mean a guy who's represented in the stats his value but like not completely right i mean like i think anyone who's been watching basketball and has understood the kind of role that he's had on championship teams uh you know kind of fills out the whole picture of uh, what this guy's about as does his international uh, basketball career yeah and um so you want to move on to point guard here Let's uh, let's do that. Let's keep it rolling and uh, get to uh, the guy we both had at point guard. Our, our lineup totally in lockstep through these uh, starters, Tony Parker. Yeah, and um, I mean he's on. Um, he's actually still playing overseas, I think. And um, yeah, I mean playing almost his whole career with Spurs, just one season at the end of his career with the Hornets. But um, I mean, only played fifty six games there, which is kind of embarrassing. But um, I mean, he did play 55 games in that last season, but I mean, he was a, um, I mean, a six-time All-Star, a four-time NBA champ, a four-time All-NBA, a Finals MVP, and an All-Rookie team. Yeah, I love, uh, I love his nicknames. Uh, TP, uh, classic toilet paper uh, nickname, uh, fiery Francophile, Parisian torpedo. Uh, yeah, I mean, wh- another one of uh, the Spurs' great um, foreign uh, U- European uh, success stories. Uh, taken with the uh, 28th pick in the 2001 draft, so way down the bottom of the first round. And, uh, boy, did he pay that off. Uh, I mean, really started his career, I mean, as as a starter on an excellent Spurs team, I mean, at at 19 years old. Uh, Yeah. You know, starting 72 out of 77 regular season games that first season. And uh, really, I mean, grew his game a lot from that point, was pretty limited at that point in his career. But, uh, boy, I mean, he developed in uh, one of the best systems for uh, for team development and team basketball that there was for uh, almost his entire career. Yeah, and I mean, so he's not actually playing overseas. He's an owner of a team somewhere right. and um, in the Euro League. And um, I mean, this guy, uh, this guy was um, was good. I mean, twenty eighth overall pick. So I mean, twenty eighth overall pick, and you're starting every game. I mean, Rick Popovich got to um, have a uh, lot of trust in him. Yeah, I remember that being particularly surprising even at the time. I mean, when he was uh, starting entrusted with this major role on uh, on the Spurs, even in those early days. But uh, he really grew into it. I mean, you saw that uh, you know he had uh, had a lot of talent there. I mean, I, I suppose the uh, the Spurs and Greg Popovich, you know, recognized what uh, what he could bring to the table even at that point in his career. And uh, you know, boy, I mean, he really uh, really developed uh, from there. I mean, becoming you know a, a scorer as well. I mean, just nine point two points that first season, but getting up to as many as 22 per game at his best in uh, 2008, 2009. 
as yeah. a 26 year old. So, I mean, really figured out how to, how to score him and then really figured out his game too. I mean, in an era where, you know, three point shooting really valued among uh, guards and uh, point guards in particular, um, you know, shot just 32% from, uh, from, from three for his career. Uh, didn't take a lot from out there. I mean, just uh, re- really a guy who would just like force, um, you know, wide open uh, three balls when, uh, when, when he had that opportunity, but um a terrific two-point shooter. I mean, a, a guy who was capable of, uh, of finishing very effectively both at the basket and, and inside the arc, uh, you know, knew what his offensive game was about and uh, didn't try to do too much and had a phenomenal career being in a great spot. I mean, I think, you know, everything kind of came together for Tony Parker and, uh, yeah, you know, look at him now. I mean, he's, he's 38 years old, retired, and he's about, actually about to turn uh, 39. And, um, yeah, what a career. Yeah. I mean, amazing career. And, uh, yeah, that'll wrap up starting five. Uh, also, Hall of Famer, would you say? Yeah, probably. Yeah, I think I think for sure, uh, uh, Tony Parker going to be in the Hall of Fame. Uh, we got to check what uh, what Basketball Reference would say about that. Oh yeah, ninety three point nine uh, percent Hall of Fame probability. Yeah, I think it's a lock for uh, for Tony Parker. I mean, had a long enough career that he really is is in a pretty significant place on uh, on some all time leaderboards and stuff. And it, it's a way that's different from Manu. Obviously, started his career way younger in the NBA. I mean, at 19 versus yeah. 25 for Manu, so a lot more time to uh, to put up numbers. And also, a guy who played quite a bit more in you know in the course of each game. I mean, averaging uh, up over 30 minutes per game for his career as well across uh, 1,254 regular season games. This guy played a lot. And I mean, started at 1,151 career games. So you want to run another starting five before we um, wrap up here? Yeah, let's do that. Like, wrap this segment. Yeah, let's do that. So, yeah, I had um, center David Robinson, power forward Tim Duncan, small forward George Gervin, shooting guard Mayo Ginobili, and point guard Tony Parker. And I had uh, exactly the same group. All right, so we're going to take a uh, quick break here, and we'll be back in just a moment to uh, fill out the rest of our benches. And we're back to uh, continue our conversation about the uh, the Spurs all-time team, Spurs slash uh, Chaparral's, and we're uh, getting into our benches now. Uh, Mills, who do you have uh, – coming off the bench for this uh, Spurs all-time team. Yeah, well, we're going to have um, seven players coming off the bench here. And uh, my first one, Kawhi Leonard. I mean, you really just, like, you got to get him on this bench. I mean, if you don't have him on this bench, I mean, I don't know. It's, he's a five-time All-Star, 14-15 steals champ, two-time NBA champ, four-time All-NBA, six-time All-Defensive, All-Rookie Team, All-Star Game MVP, two-time DPOY, and two-time finals MVP. I mean, this guy's just great. He's just so good at the game of basketball. Yeah, a fantastic player. Of course, he made my squad as well. I mean, you know, didn't play as long as some of these guys in the Spurs uniform, but put in, you know, seven strong seasons. I mean, one of them pretty abbreviated. So really six more really strong seasons. But, uh, you know, obviously a a guy who's a phenomenal player. I mean, MVP caliber uh, performer in the NBA. Uh, 29 years old now, but, uh, you know, obviously played most of his career to this point in a uh, Spurs uniform, a uh, guy who's won uh, two titles. I mean, you know, uh, obviously a title with the Raptors as well, in addition to his title with the Spurs, but a guy who's been, uh, you know, first team All-NBA uh, two times, second team All-NBA two times, and a defensive player of the year twice as well. So, I mean, also game MVP, like you said, I mean, the accolades really flying with uh, Kawhi Leonard. 571 regular season games into his career after having been taken with the 15th overall pick in the uh, 2011 draft. One of those magical 15 picks. I mean, he was traded from the Pacers on draft night. I mean, a horrible trade. Another player on uh, drafted 15th overall. I mean, yeah, honest. I mean, yeah, absolutely. I mean, traded for uh, George Hill. I mean, it seemed like, uh, you know, George Hill's been a quality pro, but I mean, you know, Kawhi Leonard, obviously. Uh, yeah, kind of hard to top Kawhi. Yeah. In another league, uh, a San Diego State attendee uh, has his number retired there, as, as you would imagine. And, uh, yeah, I mean, a lot of accolades already for Kawhi Leonard. And uh, I think pretty safe to say this guy's on a Hall of Fame track. Yeah, no, yeah. And he's got some pretty good nicknames. The Claw, Boardman, Funny, Fun Guy, The Hand, and The Determinator. Yeah, notorious for uh, for not showing a lot of uh, personality and not being a guy who's, like, really going for uh, selling himself off the court. Uh, just all business, just a basketball player. And, uh Extremely, extremely effective one. Yeah. All right. So he made my team, of course, as well. Uh, let's get to uh, to your next spot here, Mills. Who, who do you have uh, in, in the like seventh spot? Second yeah. spot off the bench. Artis Gilmore. Is yeah. So let's talk a little bit about uh, about Artis Gilmore. I mean, obviously, a you know very, very accomplished player in uh, in, in the league. 
Yeah, no doubt. And, I mean, a Hall of Famer, 11-time All-Star, ABA champion, um, 96-97 All-ABA team, all-time ABA. So, I mean, that's, like, the the thing for, like, he was, like, named to the All-ABA team. Um, uh, five-time All-NBA, five-time All-Defensive, MVP, Rookie of the Year, All-Star Game MVP, and All-Rookie. I mean, he's got a lot of accolades. I think he definitely deserves his spot. I mean, he is the A-train. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, really, really storied career for uh, Artis Gilmore. As you mentioned, one of the most decorated uh, ABA players and All-Star every season. He was in the ABA with the uh, Kentucky Colonels, uh, you know, came in in the uh, 1971 season, uh, drafted by the uh, by the Bulls in the uh, in the NBA, but of course didn't debut in the NBA with those Bulls until uh, 1976, so a bunch of years into his career. But uh, played played a long time in the NBA in addition to his uh, many years in the ABA. Uh, packed in uh, over 1,300 games across uh, his career, his regular season games. That is across his career in uh, in, in both those leagues, and uh, really, really formidable player. I mean. I think the only issue I might have with uh, with him being included on on this squad is that he played a relatively small uh, portion of his career with uh, with the Spurs franchise. Uh, I mean, unquestionably, uh, you know, on talent. I mean, one of the best players who has played for this team, no, no question about that. Just uh, 380 regular season games for uh, for him with the Spurs, which is less than uh, than he played with either the uh, the Colonels of the ABA or the Bulls, which is, I think the team he's most closely associated with. Yeah, I mean, he also played the Celtics at the end of his career, but I feel like I'm, I feel like he, um, I absolutely didn't really look at that that much, to be honest, but I feel like he deserves a spot. I mean, he's a two-time All-Star with the Spurs, and I mean, he was still a very good player with the Spurs. Yeah, no question. I mean, a guy who, you know, has some of the, the, the strengths that you see in his career, uh, you know, really good uh, field goal percentage, you know, a guy who could really uh, uh, score efficiently. Uh, you know, being able to, you know, pull down double-digit rebounds, uh, be, be an effective shot blocker, you know, over two per game. You definitely saw that in the Spurs days, even though they were from, uh, you know, age 33 to 37. So, you know, later on in his career, but still extremely effective at that time. Yeah, so, I mean, I know he played well in Euro too. Uh, yeah, he did, actually. I mean, definitely, definitely don't remember Artis Gilmore. But, uh, yeah, he, did. he was at the end of his career, uh, even during my lifetime. So that is an interesting note. I mean, it was really diminished player, uh, you know, by the time uh, – yeah, I was even, uh, even even a little kid, but yeah, in- interesting to note there. So he actually didn't make my team. I mean, uh, the only reason was, you know, because of the relative brevity of his career, but certainly, yeah. you know, a really talented player, and I'm, I'm glad we had a chance to discuss him here. So we'll get to my, uh, my second guy off the bench, and that is Sean Elliott. Yeah, I mean, this is a guy that I didn't have um, on my team. I mean, this guy's a two-time All-Star and um, an NBA champ and an all-rookie team. I mean... This guy, this guy's pretty nice. I feel like we talked about him on our Arizona episode, so you can go check that out. But I mean, this guy was um was pretty good. I mean, a two time All Star and um, played on the Spurs for basically his whole career, but did play um one season with the Pistons. But then, so like he was traded to the Pistons, and then at like a couple seasons into his career, and then he was, and then like it didn't work out great, and then he was just like, and then like the Spurs are just like we want him back, basically. Yeah, pretty much. That's how I went down. And uh, just that one season, it would have been a one-team uh, career if not for that one year. But, uh, yeah, I mean, really, really solid player. I mean, you know, number three overall pick out of Arizona, as you mentioned, we talked about him previously, uh, that uh, 89 draft. And, uh, you know, uh, I, I guess somewhat unspectacular. I mean, just a two-time All-Star in his, uh, in his 11 seasons, excuse me, 12 seasons. But um, Played a lot with the Spurs, and um, I feel like he wasn't that bad with the Pistons either. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I know he, he dealt with uh, with with some injury stuff during his career. I remember, he had uh, missed some time due to a kidney transplant, and uh, ended up coming back after that. Uh, that was uh, obviously a blip on the radar in his in his, uh, in his career, but managed to uh, to get quite a few games in, and uh, yeah, I mean, started the vast majority of them. So a really really solid career from uh, Sean Elliott, and a guy I thought was a good fit on uh, the squad. Yeah, no doubt. And um, let's keep rolling. Yeah. So um, that was the player from your bench besides um, um, next to Kawhi. And um, for my third player off the bench, I have Alvin Robinson. Alvin Robertson. Yeah, let's Robertson. Uh, let, let's talk about Alvin Robertson. We, we actually have talked about this guy on our uh, Arkansas episode. Really uh, some, some pretty impressive uh, spots on leaderboards when you're looking at Alvin Robertson as well as some accolades for a guy who, uh, you know, doesn't often get talked about in like the Hall of Fame mix or anything like that. 
Yeah, I mean, this guy is a four-time All-Star, a three-time Shields champ, a six-time All-Defensive, a DPOY, a most improved player, and an All-NBA. I mean, the DPOY, most improved player, and All-NBA, all in the same season. I mean, and this guy couldn't fill up the basket shooting as well. I mean, played most of his career with the Spurs, and I, I think he um, he should be on this team. I am not very happy that you didn't put him on. Uh, Alvin Robertson, yeah. I mean, he, he was a terrific player for sure. Uh, did I not have him on my team <laughs> Any, anywhere? I mean, it really just speaks to how stacked uh, how stacked a group this is overall. I mean, Alvin Robertson certainly uh, worthy of discussion and, uh, and and consideration for sure. I mean, I think where he stands out most for me, and you know, I know we mentioned this on our Arkansas episode as well, his position in terms of uh, steals all time. I mean, a legendary uh, steals getter in the uh, in the league. I mean, so much so that he uh, he features on the uh, all time leaderboard in uh, in first place in steal percentage and in uh, steals per game for a career. And 11th in raw steals. Yeah, pretty pretty outstanding he didn't stuff. Have that long of his career. Absolutely. I mean, 779 regular season games. I mean, that's less than a lot of the guys we discuss on this podcast. Uh, missed a couple of seasons, uh, you know, in the age of 31 and 32 seasons, uh, you know, and, and had uh, his 92 uh, 93, his age 30 season, uh, limited due to injury as well. So I def- definitely had some of, uh, some of the meat of his career uh, taken out with that stuff. But I mean, very, very productive while he was on the court. I mean, you can see his assist numbers through his career as well. Uh, you know, as high as uh, 6.8 during his uh, during his best season, uh, that all-star season with the Spurs. So really a uh, three-time all-star with the Spurs, uh, a strong consideration for uh, for this squad for me as well. Yeah, and I mean, I think he should have had him. Yeah, uh, I mean, that's fair. I mean, he's certainly a, a good candidate. I, uh, I fr- freely acknowledge that. So let's uh, l- let's keep moving here, move on to uh, to my next spot on the bench where I had uh, Bruce Bowen. Let's talk about him. Yeah, I mean, Bruce Bowen, I mean, interesting choice. He's a three-time All-NBA, a three-time NBA champ, and an eight-time All-Defensive. I mean, if you're rating this guy on scoring, you're not going to be too happy. No, but that's really not uh, not what Bruce Bowen was all about. I mean, this guy was uh, was a defender. Uh, he was a dirty player, but uh, he was a contributor on, uh, on, a, on a bunch of really strong teams. I mean, this guy won three championships as a member of the Spurs. Uh, you know, had had one of these careers. I mean, it reminded me a little bit of like a PJ Tucker type. You know, really didn't get his career going until he was in his mid twenties. But then, uh, you know, he just did the did the things that you need to do to help uh, winning teams win. Yeah, and I mean, great three point shooter. Yeah, I mean, and you know, just like PJ Tucker, I mean, like a guy shooter from the corner. I mean, like he was, he always wanted it from the corner. I mean, that was but, his shot. I mean, he didn't take that many. Didn't take that many. I mean, obviously, you know, a different era. I mean, even looking back, you know, uh, two decades now uh, to, you know, Bruce Bowen's prime or, you know, 15 years or so. And um, but, you know, really effective in his role. You know, I mean, as a perimeter defender, as a guy who was going to make life miserable for, uh, you know, big wing players on other other teams, able to use his size effectively. And uh, yeah, I mean, P.J. Tucker is like a good example. I mean, I, I think I mean, was able to, you know, play up and down the positional spectrum, maybe a little bit less. Uh, than someone like PJ Tucker, but I mean, at six seven, one eighty five, could uh, could defend wing players effectively. Uh, you know, was willing to uh, to mix it up with them, and uh, you know, eight times all defense. I mean, you know, five times first team all defense. Like this guy was uh, doing work out there. Yeah, and I mean, not quite as good as Tim Duncan for with that fifteen time all defense, but no, but I mean, you you know, you, you put these guys together on the same squad. I mean, like it really adds up. I mean, in terms of the defensive contribution you're able to get from you know two starters. Who are performing at that kind of level? Yeah, and I mean, I don't. I, if you're comparing him to TJ Tucker, I don't. I think he he's quite a bit more dirty than TJ Tucker. Yeah, absolutely. I think that's a really fair distinction to uh, to draw between these two guys. Yeah, not exactly alike, but I mean, definitely guys who are willing to you know do the dirty work. I would say you know, and, and not be so concerned with. Uh, you know, the accolades and with uh, the statistics. I mean, if you look at this guy's like, you know, Hall of Fame percentage, I'm sure it's like nothing, right? I mean, like he, he didn't put up numbers. I mean, like that wasn't ever what it was about for him. But, uh, you know, eight times all defense really does say something. It's point two, though. Yeah, point two. It's still I mean, something. Yeah, right. It, it, it is something. But, I mean, it, it's that all-league uh, uh, portion of his uh, basketball reference page that uh, tells a story about, as well as the uh, three championships. Yeah, well, uh, you want to move on to uh... – my next, my fourth person. Yes, let's do that. And uh, that you had the person of Larry Keenan. I did. And, let's uh, uh, talk about him. Yeah, he was a five-time All-Star and champion, and an All-Rookie team. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, Larry Keenan. I mean, this guy, uh, you know, began his career in the, uh, in the in the ABA, and uh, you know, played there for a couple of years before uh, making his way over to the NBA, where he had a, a 
career that uh, spanned over 500 regular season games. Yeah, I mean, a change his name interestingly after his career, and I mean, this guy was a pretty good player with the um, with the Spurs. I mean, that definitely is prime um, there, and this guy was taken 50th overall. Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, a, a phenomenal career for uh, someone taking that late in the draft. I mean, a 17.2 uh, points per game scorer over the course of his career. I mean, that's really doing some serious work. I mean, started uh, a whole bunch of games in his career, although actually we don't have, uh, you know, real complete accounting of who, uh, who started what games in the early portion of his career, but uh, played over 32 minutes per game uh, during his, uh, you know, professional run. And uh, you mentioned he uh, changed his name. I mean, he's one of uh, a number of basketball players who uh, changed their name upon uh, converting to Islam. And that goes by the name of uh, Mushin Kinan. Yeah, and um, interestingly, has a lot of if names, including the letter K. And K, Special K, Dr. K, Mr. K, Big Cat, and Super K. Yeah, actually known as, uh, as you know, all those K things because uh, he was a teammate of uh, Dr. J with the, uh, the New York oh. Nets uh, back in the early portion of his career when he was, uh, you know, killing it as, you know, performing as an all-star for those teams. Interesting. Yeah, so, uh, at the, yeah, one of those... Uh, you know, nicknames that arose from uh, from another nickname that was uh, nearby. Actually, went to uh, University of uh, Memphis as well. Uh, one of one of the players who uh, who attended there and has his uh, number retired, number thirty five at, uh, wow. at Memphis. Yeah, good, good for him. him. Absolutely. So, who did you have at your fourth one back up here? Yeah, so I had uh, Larry Keenan actually didn't make my team again. Another representation of uh, just how deep uh, this squad is. I mean, it's certainly an, an excellent career. Uh, I had uh, James Silas. Yes, this guy I did have on my bench here. Um, and, um, yeah, I had him actually the last one on my bench. I mean, I just, like, was, like, overthinking this probably. But, I mean, this guy has features on a bunch of the all-time leaderboards for the Spurs. And, I mean, a two-time All-Star, two-time All-NBA, all-rookie team, and uh, ABA all-time team. We've mentioned that a couple times. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, so, you know, uh, Spurs, obviously, with, uh, with some franchise roots in the ABA. So, some of these guys uh, – Having carried over, uh, played with his began his career with the uh, Dallas Chaparrals in the, uh, the last year uh, of, of their existence in uh, 72 73. Mills, a big Chaparrals fan, happy to, to get them in the mix here. An attendee of uh, Stephen F. Austin, a, a college that has uh, turned out a few NBA players and uh, really? some classic uh, nicknames for uh, for James Silas Captain Late, the Snake, uh, the Late Mr. Cy, and uh, Cy. So, uh, yeah, probably, probably a, uh, you know, reference to his. Uh, his name, Silas. Yeah, I mean, I kind of disagree with you that um, that Stephen F. Austin has produced a couple, a bunch of NBA players because I mean they've had, they've only produced two. Well, hey, that's uh, that, that's a couple of NBA players at least. Um, uh, James well, Silas, interestingly, not related to uh, Paul Silas or uh, Stephen Silas, but it's related to Xavier Silas. That is true. Xavier Silas, a, a guy who played, I believe, a little bit in the league uh, within the last. Uh, yeah, a few years. I uh, just played uh, played a little bit in the 2011-2012 uh, season as well as in the 2017-2018 season. So a big gap between uh, NBA appearances for uh, Xavier Silas. Yeah, for sure. I mean, in that first season, I mean, in 2011-2012, I mean, I know we're not supposed to be talking about Xavier Silas here, but he um, he did actually put up 5.5 points per game, which is not bad. Yeah, absolutely. So, uh, yeah, I mean, a, a quality career from uh, James Silas. Obviously not a big guy. I mean, you know, a little guard who uh, managed to uh, – do quite a bit of scoring in his yeah. uh, in his career, despite the uh, the lack of uh, three ball available to him. Yeah, I mean, seventieth overall, actually, and it got up to twenty three point eight points per game, which is uh, not bad based on um, being six one. Yeah, definitely. I mean, as you mentioned, seventieth uh, pick overall in the uh, nineteen seventy two NBA draft. So, yeah, quality career from James Silas. I know you mentioned that you had him on your squad as well. His uh, number thirteen actually retired by the Spurs. So, uh, yeah, if you want to uh, want to wear that, if James Harden ends up going to the Spurs, he's going to have to pick a new number. Indeed. All right, so uh, let's let's keep it moving here. Uh, who do you have next? I have Lamarcus Aldridge. I mean, it is pathetic that you don't have this guy. Well, uh, let's talk a little bit about Lamarcus Aldridge. I mean, come on! You asked him if I had him on my team. That's insane. You don't have him on your team. If you ask me if I have him on my team, then you should be like. <laughs> Come on. Yeah, I definitely should have him on my team. So I'll, I'll, I'll put him on my team. Hey, you can't do that. <laughs> Seven-time All-Star, five-time All-NBA, and All-Rookie team. I mean, this guy um, this guy played with three different teams. And, I mean, 
mainly with the Nets. Um, I mean, played there for the bulk of his career, and I mean, then going to the Blazers and the Spurs down the end. I mean, I don't know why we would have had him because he really played on the Spurs. I'm just kidding. He um he played on the Blazers to start his career and only played on the Nets for five games. But uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, two time All Star, three time All Star with the Spurs, and I mean, I mean, uh, that's where he um he played a bunch. Of I mean, I feel like yeah, yeah. I mean, terrific career for uh, for Lamarcus Aldridge. There's no question he should be on my on my team. You're absolutely right about that. I mean, it definitely did enough damage with the Spurs. I mean, I, you know, I mostly think of him as uh, as a guy who had the you know the best days of his career with the with, with the Blazers, but certainly some really strong seasons as a oh, Spur yeah. as well. I mean, averaging over 20 points per game uh, on two occasions, and you know, just providing his general, I mean, really consistent play. I mean, across. Uh, you know, most of his career. I mean, a guy who, you know, showed up and played over a thousand regular season games in his career. And retired just recently. Yeah, I mean, absolutely. I mean, just just recently. I mean, you know, midseason this year, I know he would have liked to have been a part of uh, what the Nets had going on uh, heading into the playoffs this year and, uh, you know, see if he can get himself a title. But, uh, you know, great career. I mean, seven-time All-Star. I mean, I, I think... If they win the title, he's still going to win. He he may. I'm I'm not exactly sure how Basketball Reference divvies up uh, uh, titles. I still got a ring. You would you would assume, yeah. yeah, that's what you were saying there. Uh, yeah, attended Texas. I mean, second overall pick in the uh, 2006 NBA draft, and uh, you know, great career for Lamarcus Aldridge. I mean, probably going to the Hall of Fame. Would you say? Yeah, definitely. I think he should definitely go to the Hall of Fame. And uh, yeah, I mean, Hall of Fame percentage is a uh, is on Basketball Reference is actually 50.9. So I mean, he should be going. Yeah, absolutely. I totally agree. I mean, you know, some some impressive spots on uh, on some of those leaderboards. I mean, I'm not talking about all the way up at the top, but I mean, you know, in uh, in, in top 50 kind of positions in, in a whole bunch of different places. I mean, 51st all time in points. Guy definitely uh, did a lot of work in, in the league and uh, won a lot with uh, those Blazers teams with him and Dame, and you know, obviously moving over to the Spurs and uh, you know being uh, being on board with uh, you know these late era Popovich teams. Um, so great career for uh, for the Marcus Aldridge for I sure. I wonder how much longer Popovich is coach. Yeah, I mean, I, I mean, there's a lot of speculation about that each year. I mean, you know, as it goes further, I mean, how much you know is he willing to, uh, you know, go through another rebuild? You know, with the Spurs. I mean, is there any chance he'd want to go coach somewhere else, or you know, is it just at the end of the line? So we'll, we'll see. With uh, Greg Popovich, let's uh, let's keep it moving here and get to uh, my fifth guy off the bench, which was uh, Avery Johnson. Yeah, I mean, I definitely thought about this guy, but I mean, never was an all-star, only ever won a title, but he was actually a very good coach um, on the Mavericks. And um, this guy, I thought very interestingly, plays played with the um, played with the Sonics and played with the Nuggets, then played with the Spurs, then left the Spurs, right? Yeah, yeah, a, a very interesting career in the sense that he went back and forth between these uh, couple of teams. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, but, you should, Left the Spurs, came back to the Spurs, and left the Spurs again. Came back to the Spurs, left the Spurs, came back to the Spurs. Played a while with the Spurs, and then left the Spurs. Yeah, definitely have a, a whole bunch of trips through uh, San Antonio. Uh, a few different teams getting uh, getting a few different stops from uh, from Avery Johnson in his career. The Nuggets getting a couple of visits, as well as the uh, Warriors as well. And um, but definitely a Western Conference kind of guy. Yeah, no doubt. I mean, didn't play any time in the Eastern Conference, and I mean. Definitely the best with the Spurs and had the had the most success in the bulk of his career when he played with the Spurs. Ten seasons. Yeah, definitely. I mean, he's a uh, you know one of the most accomplished uh, you know point guards in uh, in Spurs history, uh, second in assists actually, and uh, yeah, I mean, just had a really good like long career. I mean, over a thousand uh, regular season games. I mean, a thousand fifty four uh, regular season games, and as you mentioned, uh, you know, I mean, a, a champ in uh, nineteen ninety nine with with the Spurs uh, later in his career. And uh, you know, one of the few players who uh, attended uh, Southern University, who's uh, who's made it to the league, and uh, what what a fantastic representative uh, he's been, both as a uh, as a player with that long career we were just describing, and uh, as a coach too. Yeah, I mean Taz, AJ, and the little general, which is pretty cool. Man. Yeah, actually, began his career. I mean, with a coaching record that was just off the charts. I mean, I believe you know the best coaching start to any career in history. I don't know if Steve Kerr or how many of these marks Steve Kerr eclipsed. In his early days with the Warriors, but uh, began with the uh, with the Mavericks, uh, sixteen and two in the regular season upon uh, taking over as, as head coach there, and following that up with uh, sixty and twenty two and sixty seven and fifteen seasons in his first three years. Now, granted, I mean, you know, he's got an NBA uh, Finals appearance in there, uh, a conference uh, Finals, a conference semis appearance in there. So, I mean, some def definitely some disappointments too. 
but uh, some you know big time success, especially in the regular season as a coach for Avery Johnson, and of course followed that up with um, you know his run with the Nets in their final years in New Jersey, which uh, were you know pretty hopeless affairs to be honest, as well as uh, the beginning of their time in in Brooklyn. Uh, but yeah, I mean a fantastic overall NBA career and life for uh, for Avery Johnson, also a guy with a pretty iconic voice, I would say. Yeah, you may not have heard too much Avery Johnson, but when you hear him, uh, you'll you'll remember it for sure. All right, so l- let's keep moving here. We don't have too much more time on this episode. I don't want it to run uh, too too long. Let's get to uh, your next uh, your next player here, John Beasley. And I mean, this guy, this guy is just like one of the best players of all time. I mean, I don't know why I didn't put him on my starting five. I mean, I mean, a hundred point three points per game for his career. 13-time All-Star, 15-time NBA. What, what are you talking about? This guy was insane. I think, think Milius lost his mind. John Beasley, a guy who, <laughs> who, who began his career with uh, with the Jealous Chaparrals, uh, made his way to the Utah Stars. Actually, That's why I put him on. Uh, only because he's a Chaparral, yeah. Uh, only played uh, in the ABA, actually, 506 regular season games in the, in the ABA, having been uh, drafted by the uh, Baltimore Bullets in the uh, 1966 NBA draft. Of course, he didn't actually play in the NBA. But a... Um, you know, good career for uh, for John Beasley. Definitely had the best years of his career in those early years with the uh, with the Chaparrals. Uh, first three seasons of his career, all 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 Star seasons, averaging uh, you know between uh, eighteen point three and nineteen point seven points per game, and uh, double digit rebounds as well. So good player, John Beasley. I mean, I think uh, you know worthy uh, worthy addition to uh, to this squad. Uh, did not make my team. I'll, I'll uh, move on quickly here to uh, Matt Bonner. He made made my squad. One of the guys who's played. The most in uh, Spurs history. Yes. By the way, John Beasley is a three-time All-Star. I'm not sure if you mentioned that. I was doing something else. Yes, I I did mention it, but let's keep moving here. Uh, Yeah, Matt Bonner. Uh, If you you listened to our Florida episode, you can hear about him. And uh, I went to his camp. Yeah, two-time NBA champ, as Millie mentioned. Uh, yeah, feel free to listen to our Florida episode. We uh, discussed Matt Bonner pretty recently. But a uh, phenomenal career, obviously, uh, the pride of, uh, of New Hampshire. Uh, and I, I think, you know, the longevity of his career, I mean, obviously very much a role player. I should have put some other guys on over uh, Matt Bonner, but uh, pretty cool career for Matt Bonner. I'm, I'm a fan and uh, made room for him on, on this squad. Uh, let's keep it moving, get to the end of these squads here. You had uh, in, your, in your last spot, James Silas, who we've discussed already. So we can uh, get down to my last guy, which was Johnny Moore. Yes, we indeed have talked about this guy on our Texas episode, I think. Yes, indeed. And uh, this guy was pretty good. I mean, an assist champ. And, I mean, he could really dish it. I mean, 7.4 assists per game for his career. I mean, this guy's getting up to, yeah, to he, one of the all-time great dishers. I'm just kidding. Well, he had, a, he had a run there where he was, like, dishing at an elite level for sure. I mean, between the 1981-82 and 1985-86 uh, seasons, all with the Spurs, I mean, was averaging up over nine assists per game. So, I mean, really was performing at an elite level at that time. Obviously, didn't have the longevity that would allow him to, you know, rise up on these leaderboards uh, all time. But, uh, you know, pretty solid uh, showing from uh, the uh, 43rd overall pick in the 1979 NBA draft out of Texas. Yeah, no doubt. So now you want to talk, uh, I mean, now wrapping up our our benches, you want to talk about the arc of the Spurs franchise quickly? Yeah, let's, uh, let's take a quick break uh, before we uh, okay. run out of recording space here. And uh, we'll be back in just a moment to uh, talk about the, uh, the Spurs franchise history. All right, and we're back to uh, take a little look at uh, the Spurs uh, franchise history. Uh, Mills, let's, uh, let's talk about the arc of uh, the Spurs franchise uh, through the years. Yeah, I mean, they've, um, they've gone through a lot of coaches. No, they haven't, actually. They've actually gone through very little coaches and just – um, C. Hagen, M. Williams, B. Bakley. Sorry, I don't know these guys' first names. Um, T. Niska. Well, maybe we can just talk about like how the, how the Spurs have performed through the years. Oh yeah, well they've made a lot of appearances. And I mean, Red Popovich obviously coaching them for when they were the best. And I mean, I mean the coaches. I mean the Spurs have been through a lot of different eras in their franchise. I mean, the current team, led by DeMar DeRozan, mostly, in the play and mix here. And, I mean, yeah, I mean, won five titles. And, I mean, have definitely been the best in recent years. And I have um, 47 playoff appearances, I'm pretty sure. Yeah, 47 playoff appearances, as you mentioned, in uh, 54 years. I mean, that, that's a phenomenal uh, hit rate in terms of getting to the playoffs. And, uh, 
those five titles, I mean, in the last, uh, you know, since the 1998-99 season, uh, all under uh, current coach Greg Popovich, as we were discussing before. I mean, who's to say, you know, when he'll be at the end of the line? This has been an incredible era in Spurs basketball. I mean, a really long playoff streak that began in 97-98 uh, that uh, only ended uh, last season. Uh, and, and as you mentioned, I mean, they might be back in the – they are in the playoff mix this year. I mean, might, might find themselves back in the playoff field. Wait, does that – I wonder if it'll count, like, you're in the playoffs on basketball reference. You get the little star if you make it in the playoffs. I, I think, yeah, it's, it's a good question. I mean, whether that'll count as, as a playoff appearance or not. I, I tend to think so. Yeah. I, I think it will count. But uh, it'll certainly mention, you know, lost in, uh, you know, play-in situation if, uh, if if that's what what occurs but uh yeah the Spurs as as, uh, as we've been referencing I mean you know began uh, their existence as the uh, Dallas chaparrals uh you know back in 67 68 uh, you know didn't find uh you know championship level success obviously for a long time not until that 98 99 season once they made their move to the NBA which uh, which occurred in uh, 76 77 and uh, had had one season in there as the uh, Texas chaparrals in uh, 70 71 uh, yeah I mean a team that uh you know, did uh, did their did their work when they were the Texas Jackals? Absolutely, a team that Rich Peak played for uh, back in the in their first season in uh, 67-68. Uh, Got to appreciate that alongside uh, John Beasley, who we mentioned uh, a short time ago. Uh, you know, a team that that I mean, certainly, I think most fan bases would uh, trade their experience for uh, for the Spurs. I mean, the Spurs have uh, done a whole lot of winning and had some great players uh, come through their ranks, as we have outlined in this episode. It's hard, hard to think of teams, uh, maybe other than the the Celtics, that have had uh, players the likes of um, you know Duncan Robinson, Ginobili. I mean, who played you know one team careers for one franchise who were you know as high quality as I mean, maybe the Lakers. Yeah, maybe the Lakers too. I mean, but you know, we're we're talking about like really elite company with uh with you know the kind of uh, quality of players that the Spurs have had, you know, to themselves, uh, you know, in, in their history. Yeah, and I think um before we wrap this episode, I also want to mention some retired numbers. Yeah, let's so, do that. So um number double zero is retired for Johnny Moore, number six is retired for Amy Johnson, number nine is retired for Tony Parker, number twelve is retired for Bruce Brown. Number 13 is retired for James Silas. Number 20 is retired for Manu Ginobili. Number 21 is retired for Jim Duncan. Number 32 is retired for Sean Elliott. Number 44 is retired for George Gervin. Number 50 is retired for David Robinson. And number 33 is retired for Rich Creek. Yeah. Do you think uh, they're going to retire uh, number 11 for uh, Bob Verga, the gun? Uh, yeah. I mean, and, I mean... Yeah, actually, Rich Peak does not have his number retired, but, I mean, he definitely deserves it. Absolutely. So, uh, yeah, I mean, unless there's anything else we want to get to here, we can uh, we can let this episode go. This has been a fun look at, uh, at Spurs slash uh, Chaparral's history. Yeah, and uh, if you want to listen to any podcast, you can also check out um, Favorites with Ava and Matt or um, listen to more episodes. Yeah, we'll get another of those episodes uh, out uh, before too long. And uh, if you want to reach out to us for any reason, uh, let us know what you think about the show or give us any ideas you might have. Uh, and hit us up at uh, Barnards on the NBA at gmail.com or reach out to us on Twitter at Barnards on NBA. We'll be back uh, at you soon with a very special episode to uh, honor episode number 55. And uh, we read every email. Bye.